Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. My name is Rob. Leon is joining me this week as we talk more nonsense about both records and bands, just like we did 30 years ago. Our taste may have matured since then, but our senses of humour probably haven't. How you doing? I'm great, mate. You? Yeah, good. Tonight, we are here primarily to talk about the new Ghost record. But before we get to that, there are a couple of bits of news. So this week, we'll see the 40th birthday of Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. And that's important tonight because it's the album that started our little love affair with each other, isn't it? It's the one we first bonded over. Yeah, definitely. And we did do a four-hour recording session, which turned into an hour-and-a-half show back in September. So I shall put some links in to our show all about the Number of the Beast for people to listen to. But that was brilliant, talking about that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, what, I, what, I, um, what I took away from that conversation was that they're not prostitutes, they're called sex workers. That's it. I, I, nailed, yeah. that in, I nailed that into you, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, for about seven times, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it was quite funny the other night we were watching Glee and um, because that's what the kids are into at the minute and um, it's got to the point that one of the characters is dating a bloke who's like a gigolo on the side oh yeah male male sex worker yes Mm -hmm. well this is what I'm getting at so the um, but like in in the show it's like where's he getting all this money from he must be a drug dealer right and my 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 kids are like 12 and 14 we're having a conversation but it was is he a drug dealer or is he a sex worker Ah, interesting. Yeah, so I thought it was quite interesting, really. Anyway. So what's, what's your stance on introducing them to Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo, then? A couple of years, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave links to Number of the Beast down there. A record you asked me to listen to this week, and I really struggled with it, to be fair. Celebrates a 50th... Honest. Honest. And it celebrates <laughs> a 50th birthday. Do you want to let us know what turns 50 this week? It's the absolutely astronomical Close to the Edge by Yes. Right. <laughs> you, you tell me why it's so good, because I, I couldn't get through it, to be honest. Okay. And I did try a couple of times, I promise. It's one album, three songs, and it runs for, what, about 30 38 minutes? 38 minutes. 38 minutes. Three songs, and th- if you can call them songs. They, they are more like orchestral pieces, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think what... What blew me away with it was uh, it was a recommendation from a friend. So I went and had a listen and uh, was not expecting it to be as bass heavy as it was. Obviously, I know Chris Squire is legendary. but just wasn't prepared for the the way it starts, the way it kind of instantly kicks in with that sort of crunchy... But it starts with bird noises. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> but that's the that's the, that's the thing. It starts off yeah. with this really sort of like serene scene. All of a sudden, Chris Squire just batters in with this amazing, just like looped chugging bassline um, with that lovely crunch on it, and and it just kind of peaks and troughs as you listen to it. It goes quick. It's slow. There's you know intricacies that. If it was slightly heavier, you might attribute it to somebody like Tool, really sort of intricate guitar work 
and drumming work together. And then you've got Rick Wakeman as well, you know, playing just whatever he wants. Noodling all over the top. It's just a remarkable piece of music for 30 odd minutes. And they're all, they're all masters at what they do. Yeah. You can't knock the virtuosity. Oh, absolutely not. I might, you know, I quite like a chorus to be honest. Yeah, yeah, there's no choruses in this, mate. But um, no, for what it is, I, it's not it's not my my cup of tea at all, to be honest. But I can see the virtuosity in it. I can see the the time has been spent on it, and that people mm. would see it as a classic piece of work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm a newcomer to it, really. So for me, it's really, really quite fresh and exciting. But to hear, I, I speak about this Doug Helvering over in America quite a bit, and he was recommended to listen to it on his his podcast. Oh, is this the reaction channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a he's a classically trained composer and uh he's just he got to the end of it and just kind of went and he's just blown away by it and I thought that's exactly how I felt when someone told me to listen to it. Yeah, I think one of the comments on um in the list of the YouTube video where he's uh, recorded what his reaction to it literally at about something like 18 minutes he he says his first of many god listen to that bass and then in the comments of the youtube video it just says 13 minutes or 17 minutes 17 said by every listener to yes ever and i thought that's exactly (laughs) that's exactly what i did i just went Oh, this is that bass. And um, I'll put a, I'll put a link to that video in the show notes so people can um, see what you're talking about. That'd be cool. To go from for three songs in 38 minutes to a band that I think writes some of the best three and a half, four minute pop rock songs of our time. Sadly, the Wild Hearts have announced they're going on a hiatus. And yeah. it's all been a bit vague and it's come out of the blue, but I think some, someone or a, a couple of the guys in the Wild Hearts are struggling with stuff. I know um, Danny McCormack's had bother in the past. I know Ginger's had struggles in the past. Mm. And I just think it's really sad, to be honest, because like last year they released 21st Century Love Songs and that was, for me, the best album of last year. I want to say, it okay. It was really, really good. It was really strong. Um, and obviously, we were talking the other night on WhatsApp about the, the famous school bus tape. Yeah, and we reckon both Sucker Punch and Caffeine Bomb would have been on it. Yeah, see, I I was thinking about that, and when I listened to Sucker Punch back today, I thought, yeah, yeah, I think that was as well. Yeah. I initially thought it was just Caffeine Bomb, but I think Sucker Punch was. So, but yeah, I just wanted to send my best wishes to the Wild Hearts because we've all had our struggles with mental health. Well, you know, while we can't say we know what it's like for them, we can know what it's like for us and hope they get through it quickly and see them on the road again later in the year Absolutely. or next year at some point. I do think that between them, they've written some of this country's best rock songs. Mm. I think they're brilliant. Catchy, all the hooks. Yeah. They're amazing. It's, just, it's a real shame that um, we we lose yet another band to whether it be um, substance abuse or just anxiety, um, mental health, being just general mental, mental health, health. Just, um, just anything, you know, whatever yeah. it is, there's so many bands who, who start up and just want to play music. And then, you know, one of my favorites, the darkness, Justin Hawkins, mm. um, uh, famously, um, 
develop bulimia because mm-hmm. all he wanted to do was to look better on stage. And you think that's just not healthy. I heard healthy. a really good um, interview with him on a running podcast. And he was saying that how he got better was that he would go for, like he would get to a new city on tour and he would go out and he would run. And sometimes he'd mm. run like 20 miles. Yeah. And like yeah. just around the city. And then that that's how he got over all of his addiction issues or not got over his addiction issues but that's how he helped controls help, that helped with the battle like you know yeah. so um yeah there we go yeah it's tough I, I think what it is as well is because we kind of we literally put these people on on a pedestal in front of us on a stage in front of us and it's like they're gods almost so they shouldn't struggle the same stuff as we do and it's that humanizing factor when they when they do and when they're open and honest about it, I think we can really relate to them. Yeah. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, it, you know, the world was a different place and it wasn't spoken about so much. Now I think there's a much sympathetic, much more sympathetic ear for people to be able to come out and say, look, we're taking a break because we're fucking struggling. And if mm. we go out, it's not going to be great. So yeah, maybe we're in a better place. Society is getting much better at accepting that and especially accepting that from our heroes seeing the fallibility in our heroes is something that we all do every day now and i think Mm -hmm. it's better that we can shall we lighten the mood a bit yeah definitely this is that part of the show that part of the evening when i say what have you been listening to lately but i want to go first this time go on go for it i'd like to hear today as we're recording is saint patrick's day happy saint paddy's day everybody happy saint patrick's day so I spent the whole day listening to therapy. Oh, okay. Because Irish band, St. Patrick's Day. I, I started off, I think, oh, I could listen to um, Flogging Molly or um, Dropkick Murphys. And I was like, no, nah, I'll just listen to the best Irish band ever. Okay. Controversial. Uh, why? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of really good Irish bands out there. <laughs> People with other opinions about who might be better not not in this room with this microphone there um <laughs> so other irish bands then quickly um of course you, Brilliant. you two <laughs> yeah the cause you two curb dog were really good back in the day were they They're, i don't yeah they that. only released one or two albums i think they were one of those uh, off the front of a kerrang or something mm. cranberries good. cranberries were really good yeah i'm struggling now <laughs> so, uh... so maybe my point's right Fergal Sharkey and the undertones. Mm, yeah, yeah, very good. But they would have been um, an influence on therapy anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty fucking on the ball then, really. Yeah. They're touring at the minute, actually, therapy. They're playing, don't, they're playing in Portsmouth, which is about an hour and a half from me, and they're playing in Exeter, which is about an hour and a half from me, but they don't make two shits a difference because my car's broken on the drive. Oh, no. So I can't get to either one, so. <laughs> no. Which is a shame. Unless yeah. if anyone's listening and wants to hook me up with tickets by the end of the week, that'd be great. Smashing. Or a car. Well, if they want to hook me up with a car, that'd be amazing. So yeah, I've, um, I've been listening to um, Therapy all day. And I've been thinking, because I've been listening to some of the newer stuff, we always kind of judge these artists by their best work. So it's always yeah. like, what is Cleave like in relation to Trouble Gun? Right. So Trouble Gun okay. being the high point. So I was wondering mm. if like, what if we took... You know, if it, so, the new therapy album is coming out soon. They've just come out of the studio, like over over the winter. They've been in the studio making a new album. Yeah. So rather than listening to it and go, yeah, it's all right, but there's no trouble gum. What if we took trouble gum out of the equation and just compared mm. it to the rest of the catalog? Yeah. So I also think there's a degree of tarnishing goes on where you 
give that wonderful record that you really like a 10 and you're then overcritical with the rest of the stuff. That's so what I'm getting at, yeah. It a, yeah. Instead of giving it a seven, you give it a five, which I think happens with, with a lot of bands. I think that's generally a lot of people do that. So again, I was thinking, you know, I, obviously that first sort of wave of Iron Maiden records, um, mm. and obviously you're different because you're a massive fan, but if you take the layman, if you like, if you take number yep. of the... If you take that run from Number of the Beast to Seventh Son, yeah. But you take Number of the Beast out, mm. Number of the Beast See, being the high point, yeah. I think you would have a much more slow burning band. Mm. But I agree definitely. If you take away the the breakthrough hit, then it makes the rest of the body work elevate slightly and it is a bit more sort of... Yeah, so basically I was thinking, like, you know, if if you take Trouble Gum out of it as the high point, every other album they've done is as cons- you know is consistent. There's not a bad mm. album. Okay. There's just not another album as good as Trouble Gum, if that makes sense. That does make sense, So, like, yeah, so like Cleave, which was released a couple of years ago, 2018, I think, is as good as Suicide Pact You First, which came out in 2001, I believe. Mm, okay. But neither record yeah. is as good as Trouble Gum. They've been consistent for 30 years, if you like. We're meant to be staying on with, track, aren't we? Yeah, we're not. But we're, yeah. We kind of are, but we aren't. Yeah. But yeah, um, with, I don't know a great deal of therapy. Um, I had one album, but I can't remember which one it was. Oh, was it um, Nurse? Nurse, that's it. Yeah, yeah but, and so that was like before Trouble Gum. So that had like, um, would have had... Uh, personality on it. Teeth Grinder was on it. Teeth Grinder, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so that familiar. that's quite a that's quite a tricky album. If that's the if that's your entry point to therapy, that's quite tricky to stay on board with. But Trouble Gum mm. is amazing. Okay, I'll, I'll give Trouble Gum. I haven't listened. So um, the other thing I was listening to, actually, no. You sent me a text message earlier. I did. And it was completely, it was one of those beautiful organic things this morning. I was sat early doors, completing my daily wordle, and Facebook popped up. I thought, oh, I'd just have a quick look at Facebook. Looked at Facebook, had a quick flick through, and I just happened to spot this thing about a band called Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes, (laughs) which is a fantastic name. And I thought the the little clip it that they played of them showed them walking underneath an underpass as like a, a V formation of musicians. And there was like nine or 10 of them. And they're just, they seem to be having a really good time and the music in the background sounded good. And they were just all really having, walking towards the thing, dancing and jigging about. And uh, I thought, oh, these guys actually look quite good. Oh, Apple Musicum. There it was. Brilliant. It's all there. I can't remember the name of the album. But I put it on and I said something like it's a love child between um, Stevie Wonder. Who was the other guy? Tom McGuire and the Browsehold. It's like listening to Jamiroquai's Love Child with Stevie Wonder while playing Interstate 76. That's right. That's exactly how it feels. <laughs> and do you know what? Um I was sat there thinking to myself this morning, I've got to listen to Ghost again today just to familiarise myself for this evening's podcast. And uh, I've got, I've, I've had Ghost on once 
because I've been listening to Tom McGuire and the Browse Holes all day. They are just an absolute breath of fresh air and brilliant. Right, I put Loved it. it. I put it on, and I've my the first sort of few minutes I've listened to it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, I'm gonna have to take this boy streaming rights away. I was like, "I don't, I you know, if he's gonna be sending me this stuff." Um, then. and then I stuck with it, and. I, I was in and out of meetings all day at work, so I kind of had it on for a bit and then had something else on and then I'd put therapy on for a bit. But just from dipping in and out, I'll probably go back and listen to it again. It was re- like, he definitely lives Funky Avenue in Groove Town or something because <laughs> that's basically it, isn't it? That's where he lives, isn't it? It's... Honest. And the, the sound they produce for a, a, a bunch of... I was speaking to somebody about it this morning, first thing, and uh, it was playing in the car and they said, oh, is that your band? I said, I wish... They I kind said, of remember, uh, do you remember that band that used to knock around Nemsa? Were they called Bubba or something? Bubba, yeah. yeah. They instantly drew memories of Bubba to me, that band, yeah. And another band they reminded me of was this band I saw in Cornwall years and years ago called Root Juice. Um, and they, oh, released, that... they released one single, which was the cover version of Taxman, you know, the Beatles okay. song. Yeah, and, yeah. But yeah, they were just like a, a funky band. I think I picked mm. up their. Um, CD off a Surfers Against Sewage stand somewhere or something like that. It was like proper, okay. in, you know, so it, I'm not yeah. expecting anyone else to have heard them, but they really reminded me of them. Uh, okay. So definitely yeah. worth it. So that's um, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. And then the other thing I've been listening to is I've been listening to the two solo albums from Tony Wright, the lead singer from Terrorvision. Oh, uh, okay. So in 2014, he did Forts and All, and then I think it was 2014. And then 2016, he did Walnut Dash, and they're really good. Really? Oh, yeah, okay. Really good. And I, so I was listening to him, and then I thought, oh, I'll have a look on Instagram and messing around as you do. And a post came up from Tony Wright saying, uh, new date added to the to the tour or whatever coming up. Mm. And I was like, has Instagram been checking my phone to see what I've been listening to, to then make sure <laughs> I see the Tony Wright gig information? Yeah. They're watching us. They are well. That's definitely. And um, what else was on your list of listening to? Have you got anything else you listened to this last week or so? Oh, I've listened to a bit more Volbeat. Quite, quite enjoying that still. Tom McGuire. I had another go at Tankus the Henge. Oh yeah. Um, they actually followed me on um, Instagram. Oh, cool. I was really pleased with that. Did I tell you for a while I had Chris Barron from the Spin Doctors following me? Did you? Yeah. That's a this bit... is, but this is nothing to do with records and bands. Let's go back about six years. When I was right. just wasn't doing a show or anything, and just tweeting about, I think I was having another little phase of collecting records and stuff. Okay, so I, so yeah, I was yeah. like tweeting about watching bands and buying records and stuff, and all of a sudden, the lead singer of the Spin Doctors started following me. Oh bloody hell, that's a bit. I don't dumb. think he does now, like, but no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought that fuck that's random, like. Yeah, it is. It is a bit unusual. I'm trying to think who else I've been listening to today. I'm just having a quick flick through. Um, okay. This is going to be literally like the most eclectic list you've ever heard. I've listened to Psycho Motel, mm-hmm. who was Adrian Smith's solo project when he left Maiden in 90, uh, not 92-ish, 93-ish. Bit of Elton John, uh, some Yellow. Yellow. Yellow, yeah. Do you remember then? They did the race. But... Oh, I thought you were saying ELO really fast. No, no. That's how oh, I answer no. the phone. ELO. <laughs> I've uh, been listening to Rev Theory uh, on a recommendation from a friend. And write that down. What's Rev Theory then? 
uh, they're a bit uh, hard rocky along the lines. They're, they're a combination between, and this will instantly get edited out, uh, Nickelback, some slightly edgier rocky stuff like... Ed- edgier than Nickelback? No way. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no... Um, nobody's singing about getting famous and having great big bathrooms in this. It's, it's Standing in line. Yeah, this, this is basically um, songs about driving fast and gear changes and just just good hard rock really um nothing fantastic mm. and people have done it better but it, it's a good listen um he did say give it a go so i did i listened to that nothing but thieves that you put through to me and oh, just, I, I listened to the latest album and yeah. I, um i it's not for me but it sounded very imagine dragons yeah definitely i'd pick that up as well but again it's it's uh listening to the craft listening to the skill uh, musicianship oh it's well just, put together yeah and that's kind of it i've listened to loads and as i say um jerry cinnamon give jerry cinnamon a go okay jerry cinnamon yeah as in the as in the waffles or the spice yeah <laughs> cinnamon waffles man i had a bit i went down a bit of a hardcore route the other night because um i've been listening to shelter and that was really cool and then i started listening to um like h2o and sick of it all and stuff like that like sort of like new york east coast hardcore like so yeah 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 i I don't know why i don't normally listen to stuff quite that raw but yeah yeah so i was prancing around the the kitchen to sick of it all i've seen sick of all a couple of times like and they were amazing so i'd not seen them and i obviously i remember presenting uh in the underground Mm. i think was was the name of the song step down wasn't it was that the name of the song? Step Down was the name of the song, yeah. And and the first line is, In the underground, integrity lies within. Integrity. I couldn't remember yeah. if In it was... In the underground, song. image doesn't mean a thing. And I always yeah. sort of gravitated to those sides for their brilliant. And then in the video, they're doing all the different mosh yes. dances, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, picking up change. Still remember that one. Um, because, yeah, <laughs> so, so that would have been on one of the famous tapes, wouldn't it? If not the famous tape. That is on the famous tape. So speaking of the famous tape, this is yep. the um, C90 Maxwell or Maxwell tape. Maxwell, Black Maxwell with a white and black and yellow label. That we listen to like nearly every day in the year of 1994 on the school bus. And I reckon if we can put, if even if you can't find the tape, and you, but we can put, put it back together from our memory, which we've attempted to do, there's yep. definitely a show there. Oh, definitely. But do you want to tell the listener what you found while we were digging around on this the other night? Oh, um, yes. In my vain attempt to rediscover what I'd been recording, because back in the day, you couldn't record off a TV like you can now and create a file on your computer and chop it and change it and use real player to take MP3 audio from a video. What you had to do was get a microphone and stand in front of the TV and record it from the speaker, which um, if you were lucky enough to have Dolby stereo on your telly, it made it an absolute pig because you only got half the song. (laughs) It was either the bass and the drums or the high end trebly stuff. So the only sort of TV I could record it from was the, the one TV in the house that only had a mono speaker. So I could hold it up against that and get the overall sound um and trying to figure out what these songs were that i recorded onto this can i just jump in just before 
our listener thinks you're one of those rich twats. But <laughs> when you say the one telly that only had the only telly that had a mono speaker, you didn't yeah. have like fifteen tellies in your house. You just had no, like two. Yeah. <laughs> One in the bedroom, one downstairs in the main right, room. Right, yeah, that's right. Just, just to confirm. <laughs> like, I, yeah, exactly. You, you weren't my um, posh little rich friend. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. It's far from that, mate. Far from you were, that. You were the only mate I had who had Sky, so you're the only one of MTV, so. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I think I was definitely the first in our year at school to get it, and I'll forever be thankful to my mum for getting it. So, it's uh, only because she loves the skiing so much. <laughs> And the ice skating, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. That is very true. Formula One as well, she used to watch, man. Right, yeah. It, it was always, it, it was generally skiing and, the, and then tennis yeah. in the summer. That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in my vain attempt to try and remember one particular video, which if anybody's listening, it had a bright red barn and bright yellow grass and a picket fence. And I distinctly remember there being a very crunchy vocal lady singing on it and i still right. can't remember the bloody name of the song so i went down the wormhole of looking through 90s videos um and then discovered an archive of headbangers ball which is basically a list of every song and every performance every interview that was on headbangers ball from about 1981 up until about 2005 i think it was about 86 it started 86 yeah right. but what a resource eh unbelievable so you could go this week in 1997 on headbangers ball yeah this was the track list this is the songs they played yeah and then they their guest presenters i think on one of the ones in 1990 Bruce Dickinson presented mm-hmm. it. It was presented by James Hetfield. I mean, everyone did it at one point. Yeah. Um, what was the woman? Warwick. Oh, bloody! I forgot. I've been thinking about her all day. Vanessa. Vanessa Warwick. Yeah. Yeah. She was regular on there. So we thought this might make a good little bonus show every now and then. Is that we just for, for that week we pick a year and then we'll go through the playlist of Headbangers Ball. So if if our dear listeners think that's a good idea to hear our thoughts on songs from at least 20 years ago some of it we write out of our wheelhouse though yeah definitely but there'll um, be days where like, i saw morbid angel was on there quite a bit yeah um megadeth featured quite early, yeah. early 90s bit of late 80s maybe we do a thing where we sug- ask ask the listeners to suggest a year that we're going to do oh that's a good and we good do point. that week for that year and then we but hopefully we'll, we'll we'll try and they'll just be shorter shows we'll get them together we'll bang through it and go this is what we would have been listening to on mtv in this year yeah yeah, there was a lot of um, downset as well. Downset were on there a lot. Downset, I remember because there was. I remember down, which was like a Pantera side thing, and then downset was a never band entirely, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, downset yeah. at the bottom, or that's something it. Was... Down, downset at the bottom. Down, yeah, downset. I remember the that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they had ice, ice tea with Phil Crane. And with oh, with the, yeah. Okay, was that off Airheads? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Born to raise hell. That's Born it. to raise. We know I was, how to do it and we do it, yeah. I was trying to tell, I was explaining Airheads to someone a couple, a couple of weeks ago and they just hadn't seen it. I was like, how have you not seen Airheads? It's amazing. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I watched that with you first time I saw it, I reckon. I think we did, yeah. I think um, we were both quite keen to see it. I think we probably got it on video from somewhere. So uh, just lastly on that, we did have a bit of a WhatsApp whatsapp message fest trying to work out what was on this song so our fellow co-host sam 
was subjected to about 500 messages about a mixtape from 30 years ago that no one gives a shit about except me and you. And it made me laugh because um, I think at that time, if we'd have put uh, Three Blind Mice or Old MacDonald out of farm, he probably would have recognised it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, was yeah. that old. It's like, blimey, he's a kid. Shall we get on to the main event? Shall we? So... Last time you were on with me, you were telling me about the time you nearly joined a cult at Nebworth. Yep. When you accidentally stumbled into a, a ghost gig. So we thought we'll give the new album a spin. And yes. I've and I haven't heard anything by Ghost before. There's a couple of singles that came out before the album was released that we gave a bit of a whirl. Yeah. And then I've jumped into this Impera. Yep. So have you listened to the older stuff as well? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you, you can tell us what it's like. I got the feeling from uh, this album that this is more jubilant than the first five, six albums. And bearing in mind, their release schedule is pretty intense. You know, it looks like every sort of 18 months or so. Yeah, that they're banging records out. Um, I saw them when they released their second album um, at Nebworth 2015, I think. Right. And since then, they've released another five, four, five. So it's got elements of doom in it. It's got elements of choral vocal it's very religious isn't it very religious and the whole sort of stage is about create uh, their the whole persona is about creating this empire of religion and a lot of their first load of albums are all about you know um drowning in blood and bloodletting for the master and all that type of thing it's it's quite heavy it's quite deep and if you go too far down the wormhole it, you can overanalyze it but in terms of what I'd seen on stage at Nebworth, the music just instantly stood out. So I think it's it's heavy in places, it's it's well crafted in places, it's got an awful lot of light and shade going on. And I think generally the vocals aren't to everybody's tastes because it's a little bit nasally in places, but I think it certainly stands up against people who try to oversing because he doesn't he doesn't at all the lead singer doesn't oversing anything and it's all really beautifully controlled um and i think that is a really good uh, metaphor for the the whole sound everything's really well controlled there's no sort of like unnecessary over embellishment of of sounds yeah so when i first sort of got wind of ghost i was kind of expecting I and mean, maybe it's the face paint I was expecting something a, a lot heavier. I was yeah. expecting something a bit more slipknotty. Yeah, and I, and that's just probably is like the face paint, isn't it? You think, well, got a mask, says he's metal. It's probably going to be along those sort of lines. Yeah, and this album really isn't. Not at all. I wrote three things down here, all starting <laughs> with the all starting with the adjective really. So, really hooky. Oh yeah. Really 80s. Yeah. And the last one is something I wasn't expecting to say, but after about the 14th listen this week, mm-hmm. it's really fucking good. Isn't it? Isn't it good, man? 
I really didn't think I was going to like it. I really didn't think I was going to like it. I thought I listened to those first few sing. I know they're pre-releases or singles, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call them nowadays. And I listened to those, and I said to you, like, I think if they were a support band, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be disappointed. Yeah, I think the album is it. I think the album's wicked. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. It is yeah. really fucking eighties though. Oh, isn't it? And we'll go into how eighties it is just shortly. Yeah. One of the things I've written just quickly is that it feels to me like it's is the type of heavy metal that a character in a John Hughes movie would listen to. Right. Okay. So John Hughes being like um, Sixteen Candles in Pretty in Pink, uh, yeah. Breakfast Club, Weird mm-hmm. Science, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just thought you know, like one one of the um, one of the tough boys in Weird Science might listen to music like this, and you know that sort of heavy metal stuff, like so. What I really like about uh, Impera over the last few uh, albums, I've listened to it, all of it, and it's all good. But as you say, this is hooky, really hooky. And what I also, what I really like about the fact that it's hooky is it's hooky in a multitude of ways. It could be really hooky and really catchy and really cheesy catchy, which it is on Kaiserion, second mm-hmm. track in, or it could be really hooky in in a way that, is fresh and exciting like little sunshine is call me little sunshine mm-hmm. that's that's the main single off the album and i think generally that that song is catchy because there's an awful lot going on it's quite sort of driving in places the then it kind of slows back for the chorus which is unusual but the melodies are fantastic it's it's a Scandinavian thing. I think Scandinavian melodies are, mm. are quite haunting. I'll be honest with the um, like the first track Imperium and um, the way it's kind of it sort of builds and then like all the synths and that sort of seem to come in in Kaiserion was very reminiscent of that Moron Police album we spoke about. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that. Um, have you got a favourite track on there? Because I have. Mate, you've literally, I, I struggle. I would really, really struggle because I've really enjoyed all of it. I love Kaiserion because for me, from the minute it starts, it's a cross between um, the new Weezer album and The Darkness. Mm-hmm. And I love both. And I think Kaiserion's great. But do you know what? I can't. I can't there's about four that I cannot get enough of, and that is um, Kaiserian, Spillways, Call Me Little Sunshine, and Watcher in the Sky. Right. My favourite is Darkness at the Heart of My Love. Oh, okay. I really, I think it's a really, really good ballad. Like, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I quite like the way it it it, ref, it does reference, like there's literally lifted lyrics out of other stuff. Like it talks yeah. about walking the line and all you need is love or something like that. Okay. Isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just I just really like it, and yeah. the kid we had on earlier, the kids were in, enjoying it as, as much as they do. Yeah. Um, What's your worst track? Twenties. Oh, uh, exactly. I thought that. Yeah. In the twenties, twenties. Oh. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to it fit is, with the rest of it. It doesn't. And what really not? I bet me. it'd be amazing live. I bet it'll kick off live. I bet it. I bet it does. But it really knocks me. Things like um, one of the lyrics. We'll be smooching at the feet of the master or something like that. And you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you be smooching at the feet? No, you wouldn't. Not in, not in. Underneath his thumb, he holds their lives. (laughs) 
it's a lot, it is along those lines, though, isn't it? It's, it really um, is. Yeah. Were we, were we, what was it? Were we um, howling in a rain of pennies? Because it yeah. kind of rhymes with 20s. And you think, 20s, oh, yeah. I just don't like it. It. All right, it's musically very nice, but it's not... When you consider that Watcher in the Sky is just before it, and it's boom, 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 you think, oh, that's what music's all about. Instant heavy metal rock. That's it. You sent me a... We were talking about the eighties of it all, and you did kind of send me some notes, yeah, about basically. All, we were talking about what other eighties rock and heavy metal songs we can hear in the in the album, and yep. I was about to send you a list of what I could hear, and then you sent me a list, and there was like those loads of stuff that you had said. I was like, well, I don't need to say that because he's already said that. And yeah, the, the one I noticed in there was um, probably one of the best like soft rock ballads of the 80s is um alone by heart yeah i really there, there was just a melody in the first track and it was it's not the chorus of alone i think it might even just be the first verse that's the melody line on that yeah so yeah, imperium um isn't uh it's got no vocal line on it no but you can still pick out the melody from absolutely yeah and i think you said uh alone by heart mm-hmm and I said, actually, there's a few others. There's Listen to Your Heart by Roxette in there as well. Uh, Sense on the Donna by Paul Young. Yeah, yeah, man. And uh, No the... Pain and No Sorrow. That's the one. It's there. And I had a best of Paul Young once. Is there such a thing? Yeah, it's rocking, man. Wherever yeah. are they, my head. Sorry, carry on. But um, yeah, so the um, the verse of No Prayer for the Dying by Iron Maiden is yeah. the same chord sequence as Imperium. Second song, Sound Like Darkness and Weezer. Spillways, the piano at the beginning was Hold the Line by mm-hmm. Toto. Yeah, I was asked when I was about to send to you and say, I, that's Toto. Like, But it took me ages to like nail it down to being Toto. But, yeah. you know. Uh, there's another one which is uh, uh, in that same track, which is called Spillways. Poison by Alice Cooper yeah. features heavily that song. Uh, the chord sequence is pulled straight from Poison. And Poison actually features three times on the album. My Little Sunshine is the intro uh, is very similar to Longest Day by Iron Maiden. Um, Hunter's Moon, literally crazy train by Ozzy Osbourne. There's lots of Ozzy in it, isn't there? Yeah. There's a little bit, in, I can't remember which song it is, but there's a bit that sounds like um, No More Tears. And it, it's not, it's not nailed on, but you know, in No More Tears, where it starts off with the um, the bass, uh, boom, boom, ba-da-dum, yeah. boom, boom, ba-da-da-da, boom, boom, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. and then it com- comes in with the synths and that, yeah, that they just. I'm not saying it sounded like it, but it really reminded me of it. And I think that's what they do really well. Yeah, is um, it's familiar enough to be. Oh, it's that track. Yeah. You could literally sit there and go, as I've done, I've written that list out and gone, it's this, it sounds like this, it sounds like this, it sounds like this. But they, again, have changed everything mm-hmm. enough to make it new and, and, and fresh. Um, there's a bit of Eye of the Tiger in there. There's uh, Darkness at the Heart of My Love. Was mm-hmm. Literally, I sung Heaven by Brian Adams from the minute it started. I thought, yeah, definitely. Um, again, uh, Griftwood, Poison by Alice Cooper, Hold the Line, yes. again, Super Tramp Dreamer. And I was trying to get that. This is the track that I couldn't quite pin down, but there's a bit in the middle where it goes bump, 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 bump. And it's I know what you mean. Is it? All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Benny and the Jets. As soon as you and then it just drops down. Yeah, it goes there. It just drops down like maybe maybe a couple of chords, isn't it? Yeah, like, full yeah. tone bang, and it comes down bump, bump, and yet straight away. Benny the and other Jets. one. Did, did you get? A, did you um, find anything familiar in um, Dominion? You know that instrumental piece. No, because I kind of I thought it sounded a bit like extreme. Oh right, I thought it was saying did like it is it um Barber's Adagio or Air, Adagio for strings off Platoon. Oh, okay. You know off Platoon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. Felt like oh. a reworking of that. Now we've just spent like five or ten minutes talking about everything else it sounds like. Yeah. But I think it's a fucking wicked record. Honestly, it's not derogatory to say it sounds like these things. No, I don't actually... I'm surprised how much I like it. Yeah, I'm surprised you liked it, actually. I was, I was um, expecting to, to not. I was expecting to hate it. Did you feel the same as me, though, where you started listening to it and kind of went, it's all right, it's all right. And then After about three days, it's like, that's amazing, I'm going to listen to that again. Not because I need to for this, but because it's really good. What I found I was doing, um, which is my indication that it's already going to be played almost again straight away, is I'd listen to it once or twice the first day and carried on doing my job and listen to other bits and bobs. And when I come home, amongst all the other stuff I'd listen to, I was going, little sunshine. It's like, oh shit, I'm singing it. And I've only heard it twice. It's I, have be a, I have a massive hot take. Oh, go Where on. I was saying like the first few times to listen to it, I, I, there was almost something holding me back from really loving it. And I've worked I've worked through those issues and I've got past it. And, you know, I've made progress. Good lad. You know all the face paint? Yeah. And the mask, the mask or the face paint or whatever? Yeah. Does he use that to hide the fact that he's really weird Ali Yankovic in disguise? <laughs> I don't know. I was getting massive weird Al vibes from his voice the first few times I listened to it massive weird owl. I never even thought of that. Yeah, he does. He really so, does. And I've done some research. So Weird Al released Alpocalypse in 2011, which right. was the same year as the first Ghost record. Right. His next one was Mandatory Fun in 2014. And after right. that, Ghost seemed to just go whoosh. Oh, uh, okay. So while he is Tobias Forge, is that his name? I think, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's just making more money in face paint doing metal than he is doing excellent parody songs. It's possible. It's possible. Massive hot take. <laughs> I don't think he is though, because they've they've done No, they're doing a movie Weird Al as well, aren't they? But oh, yeah, man. no, I, I yeah, yeah, they're doing a Weird Al movie. Because Ghost Sound is so eighties and because it reminded us of so many eighties hard rock classics, we thought we'd knock together very quickly at the end of the show a bit of an eighties playlist. And, but while we were, we were doing this the other night on WhatsApp, and I thought like Sam would have nothing to do with it, he comes out and he's give. I've got about eight songs from him. Yeah. So rather than asking the public, rather than asking our listener for contributions, I've got some from our co-host who isn't with us tonight. So Sam, he's not dead. He's just not here. <laughs> we'll leave that hanging. <laughs> so he did recommend some that you nicely told him that actually that was 1978 and that one was uh 2000 so one do neck in yeah i did ask him on but he's gone down i did say if did he want to come on the show tonight he's going down the boxing gym to get his head punched in like so so um <laughs> 80s rock classics i suppose he's gone with uh crazy nights from kiss twisted sister we're not gonna that's take it yeah it. we're not gonna take it 
Um, Motley Crue, <laughs> kickstart my heart. No, I don't know, I know that one. He did, uh, he did say fuck Guns N' Roses for not putting out You Could Be Mine two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Breaking the Law, Judas Priest, Danzig's Mother, which was also on the school bus tape. Um, yep, and then he said, can we have uh, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, which I think was Pat Benatar. Is that right? Oh, right, okay. I didn't see that one. I missed that one. What did you want to add on to this list then? I put on, you asked me to sort of try list five, and yep. so that's what I did. Back in Black by ACDC, what I actually wanted was Thunderstruck, but that was 1990, and I was gutted about that because Thunderstruck is probably my favourite ACDC song, but Back in Black will, will be fine. Can I Play a Madness by Iron Maiden, 1988, because it's not metal, it's yep. rock, and radio-friendly rock, I think, in fact. One of my favourites from the Trolls movie, Rocky Like a Hurricane by Excellent. Scorpions. Did you? There's a podcast uh, knocking around about how um, basically Wind of Change of, by the Scorpions was actually mm-hmm. written by the CIA and used to help bring an end to the Soviet Union and the, help bring down the Berlin Wall. Uh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. And the, the, oh, basically, basically there's like conjecture that one of their roadies or management was working with the cia and was smuggling in in and out paperwork and stuff and helping to sort out defections and stuff me. yeah no it's, it's really interesting again i'll send you the link i might even put the link to it in the show notes yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me how do i follow that now crack on um, david Hasselhoff. so i've just done ace of space by Motorhead yeah. and um and then crazy train by ozzy Osbourne. it's a tune though isn't it i used to sing my kids out when they were going to sleep at night yeah. And do you know what I really like is um they've got Crazy Train on the Trolls World Tour movie, oh, right. right, which which the kids watch. And uh, for about oh, two yeah, two or three months afterwards, all Milo ever used to do was go, uh, crazy. But that's how it goes. Excellent. And he'd do that and then he'd just go, Rock around. <laughs> and it's like brilliant. Yeah, it's good brilliant. on him. Wicked. Have you mentioned White Snake yet? Uh, yeah, this is the thing. I said to you earlier about doing um, Is This Love That I'm Feeling? Mm-hmm. But I actually think that's not a hard rock track. It's a ballad. So for me... You haven't heard be... the three tra- songs I'm going to put on this list yet. Here I Go Again on My Own. Oh, Snake excellent. Instead. I don't know if that was the 80s, but that is that is. It feels rock. like it, doesn't Here it? I go. Yeah, we haven't proper, picked any Bon Jovi stuff. or Def Leppard or anything like that. What were your choices again? So, so the ones I'm, I'm going to put on this, and they, these are moving on from Bon Jovi and Def Leppard. I used to love Bon Jovi. So the ones I, I think need to go on an '80s rock playlist. I've, like I said earlier, "Alone" by Heart. Yeah, because them Wilson sisters are, sisters are amazing. I think Anne Wilson is on. Um, I think she's on "Brother" by Alice in Chains. On, on, uh, on yeah, one of the yeah, EPs, okay. so, you know, and yeah, she's amazing. The other ones that I really like, and they're probably a bit more poppy, I suppose, both from movies. Go on. So I've gone for, go on, have a guess. It's what, I'm, both from movies. Well, 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 um, well the second. Okay, pa- Parallel, Hugh Lewis in the News, Back to the Future. No, nah, because that, that's straight up pop, isn't it, really, to be fair. So I've gone for the theme from The Breakfast Club, Man in Motion by John Parr. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like my most favourite 80s song, full stop, is Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys soundtrack. Okay. I love that. Not a song I know very no, well. But it's and it's proper ballady, and it's like, I think LA Guns did a cover of it in like 
2010 for their for a best of compilation thing. Oh, right, but it okay. was uh, Gerard McMahon, I think, is the is the writer and the performer of the original. Oh, uh, okay. But oh, yeah, I'll give it a listen. Oh, well, I'll listen to the playlist. So yeah, I'll leave a playlist in the show notes. Cool. That was really good. I'll let you get to your bed. Okay, mate. Thank you very you're, much. You're gigging. Um, Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. Where, where's that to? Uh, Alexander Park, uh, just outside Ledbury. Cool. Cool. Brilliant. Cool. Great Thanks stuff. very much. No, mate. All right. Thank you. Good to be back. Thank you, Steady. Let me press stop. <laughs>